All right, we're back once again, folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome back to episode 91 of How You Living, or episode 2 of Quarantine Living. Exactly, live from the mistakenly say uh, stated um, place last time. It's the Just Paid Rent Studios. I think I called it the JRE, which is like the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> Joe Rogan, I'm yeah. not recording from his studio. Well, as well as Chaz sitting atop the Chaz Tower in the Million Dollar Studios. That's right. Uh, We're doing it once again, uh, doing that social distancing recording. You know, you know how it goes. Exactly. COVID recording, two parts, still Greenwood, live in effect. Always starting, though, with a simple question for my friend, for the only the second time not in the same room. How you living, Chaz? You know what? I, I'm I'm working through it. I'm working through it. I don't. I mean, it's weird because I don't think I've been home for this many days since I've lived here ever. Like just straight, like going nowhere. Just you know. So that's I been that's been interesting to kind of deal with. Like, and I'm privileged enough to still have a job, so I've been doing that. Um, otherwise, I'm just trying to like you know reorganize my life, see where I'm going with like the new stuff in my life. Just trying to take this time to, once I'm not like working and stuff, just make sure I got my goals for the future in place. You know, you know. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. Uh, I've I've been I've definitely been puzzling a lot more than I've ever done in the last ten years of my life. Uh, I've built three D puzzles, five hundred piece puzzle. Three. You you pick a puzzle, you throw it in my face. I will be mad at it and yell at it for three hours till I finish it. So <laughs> that's that's how we live in COVID, keeping our brains straight. Uh, and uh, yeah, pretty much that and hanging out with my cat. Um, uh, you know, definitely watch the uh, Tiger King. So that Oh, was, Tiger King. That was a good day and a half of life. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and honestly, I, I think it really is a good advertisement for owning big cats and doing methamphetamines. I mean, you know. <laughs> I hadn't thought that I wanted that in my life, but after watching that experience, you know, it doesn't seem so bad. So uh, shout out to uh, meth addicts and uh, big cat owners. Um, sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> that being said, that's the greeting. That's how we get it started. The other way that we like to get this place started is by looking back at a few episodes in the past, topics we've had, conversations we've had in a segment we like to call Callbacks. Callbacks. Oh yeah. So, uh, Chaz, what are you thinking on the uh, the look back this week? What's what's on your mind? I mean, just like all this uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen stuff. Uh, I mean, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> it is the zoonotic virus that is causing us to all have to stay home because it has a really long incubation period and we are just gaining information on how it affects the human body. So, you know, that's that that's what it is. Um yeah. but yeah, so like last week's episode where we also focused on it, but mm -hmm. uh a lot has changed, man. Uh what what it, yeah, what's the news in the coronavirus from well, your perspective? Like I don't definitely don't want to be the type of podcast or news source that's going to just talk about the numbers and such. Um, and, and, and honestly haven't been keeping too track of the numbers, but there are, um, there's been a lot of impact here in Seattle locally about like some large business or some 
really prominent local business owners um, have passed away because of it and such. So that it's very interesting for me to think about like the human impact, just both like, you know, in death in the economy and everything like that. It's just kind of like thinking about that, but also thinking about kind of um, our, our um, state government's response to it, which I think has been really good compared yeah, here in Washington. To, yeah. With uh, yeah. governor, um, <laughs> I just let Jeff, I just forgot his name for a second. Uh, Isley? No. Uh, why oh, is yeah. that? Inslee. Inslee, yeah. yeah. Inslee, yeah, yeah. Former presidential candidate, uh, Mr. Environment himself, mm-hmm. and savior of the Washington health crisis, man. I mean, in all honesty, uh, this might be another uh, feather in his hat if he makes another run for president. Um, this was definitely a moment to to relish for him as far as his leadership. I mean, yeah, he's been doing a good job. I even feel like locally, uh, Dow Constantine for King County and uh, sorry, um, Jenny Durkin for Seattle uh, is also doing a good job just like handling things, making sure, giving people who are going to lose access to resources to things they need. Um, they still haven't done a lot with like rents and such, but I'm hoping that, you know, mortgages and rent somehow, you know, get padded in a way where you, people don't have to worry about coming up with that money after they go back to work again. Because even if you say you won't get evicted, it's still, as we talked before, people will still have to owe that money once um, they start going back to their jobs whenever that happens. And that's still going to put people behind the eight ball way, way more after it's over, which would in, uh, extend a recession. Less money being spent, you know, less people having jobs, all that stuff. You, you, we know how that goes. Yeah, no, and it's it's um, it's affected all sectors of uh, of life and, and industry, and um, you know, it's uh, it's it's definitely a moment that I hope we we use and utilize to come together. Obviously, it's an election year, so um, we're probably going to get back to some divisiveness towards the end of the year. Uh, September, October, it'll probably be a little bit after the crisis for a lot of the places. You'll start to see businesses start to open up and then we'll probably hear the ramping up of the um, drums of, of politics. Um, but I hope there's a there's a greater unity that comes out of this from people experiencing something so um, kind of traumatizing as as a country and um, and witnessing kind of the the real the real necessities of life and sacrifice that are necessary Um in order for us all to, to live, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a check on, on modern society and, and modern, um, cities and, and how we live and how healthcare is dealt with. And, um, definitely that, you know, there's a lot of progress in science that needs to be invested in, um, virology and, and bacterias and, and, and infections and things that, you know, we don't really have control over and can can really check our um, kind of laissez-faire attitude towards life in, in modern society. So. I mean, yeah, that I agree with that. But I think we shouldn't treat this like this was happenstance totally. Like, it was to some degree. But as much as we need to point out how much of the ineffectiveness of um, the current administration led to this... Um, probably like one leading to how they handled it how they downplayed it but also kind of the infrastructural things that they had in place uh through the cdc um having people in wuhan china because um the markets like wuhan the um i think it's the fresh markets or wet markets they call them where it seems like a lot of a spillover of a zoonotic viruses happen 
Um, yeah. The CDC had people there, and Trump, not so long ago, about six months ago, decided to disband that, and we're seeing the impact of uh, sort of his blatant and wanton deregulatory process going awry in a way that we anticipated, but we didn't think the impact would probably be this large. Right, right. And definitely that reaction and... Um, you know, there's been uh, news about information that was given to him prior to this. He sacked essentially uh, Obama's pandemic team mm-hmm. um, that was put in place uh, after uh, response to H1N1 and SARS and kind of those outbreaks. Um, yeah, it's 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 shady. And, you know, and then it even goes further into state government and city government when you look at what happened in New York. And, you know, the the tragedy that is New York City, that's it's it could go a lot longer um, into its course than, say, even like Washington or or even California, who had it pretty bad. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the peak is is for all of them is about the next week and a half for for most of the country. For Um, sure. So hopefully that's the case in New York. But you have so many cases that, you know, it's kind of it's a real guessing game as far as getting a handle on it there um you know and hopefully with the assistance of the federal government sending you know that hospital ship and you know hospitals being kind of more prepared and versed in what's necessary and how to triage um these patients quickly you know um as someone that works in the er i i see you know just over time each email i read each kind of paper that comes out that talks about how we can address this in a way that that moves the patients through in a safe manner so you're you're limiting exposure mm-hmm. you're also not housing or, or bedding patients that need to really just kind of go home and weather the storm because their symptoms aren't as bad as necessary to to be hospitalized especially when those beds are needed for people that have a lot worse off symptoms so um you know it's a, it's definitely an ongoing uh situation and and changes day by day and and even sometimes within the hour oh yeah Um, and uh and and you know as much as they've made claims of like certain populations being uh either either immune to it or less frequent um bad cases you know we've seen pretty much every walk of life every age group every uh income bracket of person you know i mean just the news today that uh boris johnson is in ICU in England and he's yeah. the prime minister, you know? So, uh, it's not, it's not, you know, taking any heed to, to where someone's from or, or, or what position they hold, you know, it's, 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 it's everywhere. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like you said, man, it, it's, ha- it's having weird consequences. Like you're saying, like just being in your house, uh for four or five days straight and realizing you haven't left you Mm -hmm. know or 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 you leave for for 20 minutes and you go on a walk and then you just go all right i guess i'll go home yeah you know and yeah you can go to the grocery store you can do that but then that you really are risking the infection at those times like I, i work in a hospital and i'm less scared every day i go to work than when i go to grocery shop um, because I know that the people that I'm surrounded by at work are professionals and they're, and they're wearing gloves and they're using Purell and they're wearing masks and we're sanitizing our desks 40 times a day. And, you know, it's pretty much a sterile environment for the most part. 
mm-hmm. and we're masking patients immediately and we're staying a distance away. Whereas, you know, you're walking the aisles at Fred Meyer and there's 40 people and you got to like avoid some of them when you're reaching for the can of tuna or like standing uh-huh. in line and, yep. and the checkout line. And, and then you're right next to, you know, the, the grocery workers, I, I do agree, are also on the front lines of this. But who knows, some of them could be asymptomatic carriers, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a uh, it's a dance whenever you go out and uh and and i'm really looking forward to being able to you know play pickup soccer again with strangers and uh mm-hmm. you know go go to a concert and go see some live sporting events again and just i'm really gonna relish those opportunities in a way differently than i did before just knowing uh what a privilege it is you know yeah um, for sure because there's a lot of and- stuff that we take for granted yeah, and and I was talking about this in in a way like I watch a lot of like frontline and things, and it it kind of checks me because you know the storyline of what's happening in Syria or um you know the pollution crisis or these other kind of bigger issues that are going to still be here after COVID mm-hmm. is gone. You know, it helps it kind of frame it in my mind as as something we can get through, as something we need to to focus on for right now, but but realize there are bigger pictures and there are other struggles out there and not to completely ignore those and you know let's not let these autocrats and dictators that are out there use this kind of uh mask and screen of covid crisis to 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 do what they want with their governments you know Mm -hmm. um you know i don't know if you noticed yesterday idaho passed pretty much an anti-transgender law yeah i did see that and i was like oh they fucking up yeah and they're just doing it because they know that the news of it will just get buried and so you know, there are liberal populations in the state of Idaho. Obviously, it's it's mostly a conservative state. Definitely has kind of libertarian-leaning leaning values as well. But, you know, the Boise area and the areas around the college, kind of some of the northern panhandle, kind of the Coeur d'Alene area, mm-hmm. um, are, are a little more liberal-leaning, um, And which is a change for Coeur d'Alene. It also was a hotbed for white supremacy for, like, the 70s and 80s and through the 90s almost. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, but now just due to the kind of – migration of people and 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 the livelihood of people the kind of the subaru granola crowd has has kind of taken over the panhandle Mm. in the in the more populated areas so um but yeah they they were able to you know basically kind of it was basically an executive order i believe so uh we'll see if uh if the voting blocks or the people can uh can come against that but you know that that's happening in hungary that's happening in these places where there's these kind of autocrat leaders that are they, they notice that the front page and the second page and the third page are all taken up with coronavirus news so why not slip a few bills in or pass a few executive orders that people aren't going to see you know so we need to be we need to be aware of that yeah for but, sure but uh, with that, did you have any more callbacks no, before we in- enter th- our 91st episode? I think we're into the 91st episode because basically everything, like mo- mostly we'll talk about like the politics and, you know, but everything's probably going to be a little bit COVID re- our, uh, adjacent. Our, so. our podcast is infected with COVID is what you're saying. I think, uh, I think our, I mean, our podcast sure. is yeah, we, swab- <laughs> we swabbed the nasal cavity of our podcast and it came back positive. <laughs> Um, by the way shout out to any of you who've survived the swab i mean i finally saw a diagram of how far back in the the nasal passage they have to get the swab man and it does not look like a comfortable process it's like it's literally like behind your eyeballs and at your throat but through your nose (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, so wow. Imagine, yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine like a swab three times the size of your average Q-tip going three quarters of the way into your face. So that's where they're squ squishing it. And they need to do a full twist to really gather the kind of membrane that's back there, the mucus mm -hmm. on the membrane, to, to get a, a sample that's, you know, going to actually yield a, a result. Because we are, we are kind of in a world now where we're worried that a lot of people aren't really providing accurate samples because it's such an uncomfortable test. We could be in the nature of like 30 to even higher percentage of false negatives. So we, mm. we, we may not even know for some time really the effect of this uh, virus until perhaps we get some type of antibody test where we're able to test people who were infected and, and cured. Um, and then we might, if it's a cheap enough and easy enough test, we might be able to get more accurate results on the population as a whole as, as who survived. And then we could also get some answers as to why, you know, because mm -hmm. that's, that's really where we're at right now is it, it's, it's kind of hit or miss on, on, I mean, we have certain things, you know, age has a big factor, respiratory health has a big factor, but even some of those have been, you know, there's that 95 year old who beat it. And then there's, uh, an asthmatic athlete who beat it and didn't have really any respiratory issues from it directly. So, mm -hmm. um, and then there's yeah, like a 14 year old who passed away from it. Right. right there was a baby right. that passed away from it. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, it does seem to be random, but everything looks random until like science can ask the questions that it needs to in order to discern what exactly it does, how it does it, which, which there's been people reporting on that before. And we, we talked about that briefly in the last episode, but right. I think there's a lot more nuance to be had as with all viruses really. And we're kind of seeing what like the early 19th century dealt with when they dealt with um, things like, you know, smallpox Spanish or like cholera yeah. or like, and even like, yeah, the Spanish flu as well too. And things that like ultimately we knew people had them, people died from them, but then ultimately they're not a big issue because we finally got the chance to do um, vaccines and such for it. So Right. Shout out anti-vaxxers. Y'all be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well, and, uh, and I was listening to one of my coworkers talk about that. Like, he was like, you know, it's the effect of vaccinations that allow anti-vaxxers to exist. Yes. You know, it's like the fact that they were so successful in, in nailing down a lot of these diseases. Now you could have the audacity to claim that you could live without vaccination, mm -hmm. you know, which uh, we were saying kind of a similar argument sometimes I have with libertarians who want to, you know, tear down the systems of government. But at the same time, it's the systems of government that have yielded them that ability. Like the roads are already here. Very I get true. it. You pay for them, but they are already here. So, mm -hmm. but, you know. It's that's that's politics. That's how it works. You know, it's all opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, so outside of that, like and I mean, obviously, there's other things going on. Uh, what, what, what else did you want to frame in the conversation or um, have you been paying attention? And I, I know there was a Biden video that came out. I saw a few headlines about I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched um, the Biden video either. Yeah, I, I hear he doesn't speak for the first two minutes. That's like the headline that I read that I almost clicked on. But Oh, uh, my gosh. I'm not sure. Um, you know, it's – I don't know, man. I mean, what, do you, what, what are your feelings now, you know, with the kind of distraction of the coronavirus, like how this election is going to play out? Like, obviously, we were both kind of Bernie supporters this time around. 
Um, and now we, we're pretty much being force fed Biden. Uh, do you think he has a chance? Can he can he frame this Corona conversation? Can he frame uh, what's going on in the world as as kind of fodder to be able to defeat Trump? Or, it, you know, is he the wrong guy for the for this for this battle? Or what 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 do you what are your thoughts? I mean, it it seems like uh, in in the left coalition that they're, they're like either candidate is going to be the bad candidate because it is definitely progressives versus moderates. And I guess I've been watching a fair bit of um, The West Wing, and okay. I think I have a better understanding of how moderates see government and how they want it to run and why they don't like Bernie Sanders. Like, I totally get it now. I mean, I, I totally get their ire towards Bernie Sanders. And, and like, I think I mentioned last episode where I said... Uh, Biden did his best uh, President Bartlett impersonation after the last debates or like in his final send off for the debates. And I think a lot of it uh, will ride on whether or not Biden and Bernie can have debates, like have this last debate before this next set, because there was supposed to be another one. And I think they're perfectly capable of doing it um, remotely and such if they need to. And right. And I do think and, that, like, uh, Bernie has the ammo to maybe really effectively um, really effectively talk about, like, how his policies and stuff have would have an impact. And I also think he has avenues to get uh, Republicans to vote for it as well, too. Uh, because, really, I wanted to speak on if we were going to talk about, like, you know, America being a mindfuck and everything like that. Like, um, what does it look like if someone now that I guess these sort of quote-unquote entitlement programs actually are something that could help and actually do well and something that Biden is basically like no I'm still not for it or at least that's what I got from a headline I still need to read that article so I could be wrong in that degree but I think the whole the whole idea the big thing that um current health insurance had is that people were content with their health care as it stood but all of that is linked to employment so now that a lot of people are losing their jobs or being furloughed um and then you add that to the people who had jobs where they don't normally get health insurance like being self-employed being part-time and things like that i think the tides on that might shift just enough to give bernie an edge because the fact that, like, it, it's even though it wasn't really ever talked about, um, that, like, universal health care would make sure that you didn't need to get health care based on your job. But now we're seeing the impacts of that, too, by how many people are losing losing their jobs and such. So I think if Bernie in another debate can point that out and people who are really feeling it and uh, kind of the to play off of a meme that I saw is where someone says everybody thinks they're middle class until they lose their job. And, right. and I think that's kind of where we're at right now with it. And and then I think, and I also think about it too as as automation takes away some of the jobs uh, that like one, like and takes away the jobs that are deemed essential right now and taking away some of the right. jobs that are, aren't deemed essential. What is, what is going to happen um, to, to the amount of jobs that we have and will people be able to pay for those things? Because we see just how much like even even though i talk about all the time how like a lot of our jobs are inconsequential or un, or um 
yeah, or not essential, um, there's still just like a huge circle of money going around that like we're noticing just how big of an impact just like everybody going around spending money actually has. And, right. And, 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 you know, how many of those kind of smaller businesses can weather this type of length of storm? You know, like, like I, I just read that article that Rudy's is a barbershop here on the West Coast is, yeah. is filing Chapter 11. Um, how many of those restaurants and bars were, you know, basically had a three month lease of, of income that they were holding on to as long as they stayed open, they could go. But now they're going to be closed for two, maybe three months. It, it, can they survive and weather the storm? What type of stimulus is the government actually? Because, you know, if the majority of the economy is these small businesses, can the, the, the government even afford to, to provide the type of stimulus that would bring uh, widespread return of those type businesses? Or kind of like what you're saying, like, in the category of not being essential, are they going to let go the wayside and just assume the economy will pick up steam later with other innovations in those fields, new barbershops, new restaurants, new bars, with new investment from basically the the survivors of this economy? Um, and only time will tell. You know, uh, I think different communities and counties and cities are going to are play it differently. Um, I know Denver was cutting checks this month to artists so if you made at least twelve thousand dollars being an artist whether that was comedy or music or painting or photography if your income was artist based and you know no one can go to your shows or go to your gallery they got a check this week mm. um you know it was only a couple thousand dollars you know but it it you know really shows the impact that uh, art has on the community of Denver that they care enough to to say no this is an important integral part to who we are we need these creatives to stick around we can't have them flee to go move home or wherever they're from and then just basically leave an absence of art in our town what kind of a town are we living in if if we're willing to let that happen mm -hmm. you know and and I think we can see examples of that I think we'll probably see collectives formed um, to to kind of fill in the gaps where the government doesn't obviously we're going to see GoFundMe's and that type of project for, for some of the businesses that people really love. Um, I can't imagine Portland letting Powell's bookstore close. Although I've read articles that they're, uh, close to, to being at the end of the rope, Damn. um, mostly because their, their prices are so reasonable. They've always, they, 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 they sell on low margins. So, you know, even though they had a pretty good online presence, when you shut the doors of their iconic bookstore, downtown Portland, that, is constantly full of people, that's a major source of revenue that's gone. So um, I just imagine GoFundMe's and, and some type of uh, philanthropy would, would save a business that's iconic like that. But what about just a bookstore down the street, you know, in another town in America, mm -hmm. you know, that might not have such a following. Who, who's going to be there for them? So, um, yeah, it's, it's yet to be seen. You know, and obviously the toll of lives is, is always more important. I know there's there's going to be debates for the next, you know, century about whether the, the economic toll that we took to, to, to create a lockdown for corona survival was necessary or was a, a worse evil somehow. Um, you know, and, and people are going to use stats and throw them at each other as to whether lives were really at risk or the economy really was robust enough for this. So... Um, that story is yet to be told. Yeah, and I think that, too, will depend on what we actually do. Because right now, I think from a monetary standpoint, I, I think what we're doing right now is what should be done. 
and what must be done in order to lessen the impact as we can, even if our um, federal administration has been really, really incompetent about it. And I do think that federally speaking, there just needs to be a better national response to everything. And I think mainly because Trump always talks about things from an interpersonal standpoint and right now we need the president to be like the president of america like when people say he's your president right like yeah we know and like the impact of his negligence is being shown but um i think i don't know i need to go deeply deeper into the actual um stimulus plan and I know locally, um, Seattle and King County are doing things for, they're doing like 400 small business loans of like $10,000. So they're trying to help people weather the storm that way. And right. I think if they want to keep the economy the way it was, it needs to stabilize it. And the only way to stabilize it is to make sure that as many as your citizens as possible can maintain their status quo. And in right. order to do that, you can borrow something from what Canada is doing is giving $2,000 a month for four months to every single one of their citizens. And right. Because something like that, like if, you know, people who live in a house, like you got three people living in a house, that's six grand, we paying a rent, and then you can do whatever with that, right? You can go through and if you're still able to deliver things, you can still have pockets of the economy that still work. Like, right. for instance, um, I'm paying a, a friend of mine to make masks for me, and then those will get sent to me. And then so I can have masks when I go to the store to protect myself. Well, not protect myself, but protect others just in case I have it and I'm an asymptomatic um, carrier and and things like that. So I do feel like ultimately the the broadness of it is give people money, but more so you need to give people money and less businesses money like small businesses yes so they can maintain their status quo up until the point where they can start hiring their employees back right. um i think when it comes to things like uh mortgages and rents um uh, this is where we need help federally we just need a federal mandate that says like there is a moratorium um on mortgages right now and if there's a moratorium on mortgages then there's likely to be a moratorium on rents because our rents usually pay the mortgages of people who have invested in those businesses big or small in order to maintain them so right well and exactly and, and and there was something like that was done in portland um or maybe even all of oregon this last week uh which is it's interesting because they're putting a freeze on rent, but because they know that there are businesses that rely on that rent, you know, the small family kind of owned apartment buildings or people that just own a second house and it's just part of their income, mm -hmm. um, that ultimately the rent will be due. It'll just be interest free and just stacked up. So you are creating a debt level for those people, but you're not creating a mandate of pay right now. And so it's more manageable than if you were forcing everyone to pay it immediately. But obviously down the line, you're going to have issues with that with some people. Cause, For sure. That's an know, inadequate got, strategy. Right. If you got $1,500 and now it's three months down, you're $4,500 down and mm -hmm. you haven't had a job for those three months. Yeah. What, what really did that help other than keep a roof over your head? So yeah, it, it, it's not necessarily the perfect strategy. And I don't know if it's been fully thought out. I think it was the only powers of will of the governor to be able to do mm -hmm. that particular statement and then from there uh other entities have to kind of fill in the gap of how do we make this work how do we uh you know get the citizens 
back on their feet, pay this rent that's owed, and also maintain a status quo as well for those those landlords. You know, you know, as long as they're not like slum lords or like giant billion dollar corporations, they're probably just middle class or just upper middle class people like you and me. You know, so they deserve to be paid rent for their properties as much as anybody. But we have to we have to kind of figure out not throwing people out on the street. We already had a homeless crisis that we were trying to deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. So the last thing we want to do is, is impact that even further. Um, that's not, that's not the, the, that's sliding away. That's not the way we want to go. So yeah, it's a lot, there's a lot to be, uh, to be done still. And a lot of questions to be answered. And, you know, every state, every County, every city is going to have an opportunity to address this. And, you know, it's, different things are going to work better in different areas. And I just hope the, uh, the United States is smart enough to kind of watch how different people address it and things that are working certain places, maybe try and adopt ways to, to do those things where, where you live, you know? I mean, and as, yeah, as we, as we always say here on this podcast, the people need to get involved. You know, we need to be making our, our statements at these town hall meetings when they're discussing the futures of us, when they're at the County legislation, when you're at the, the state legislators, like, like we need to to make sure that our our voices are being heard. Uh, the impact that this has had on us is is being included in the uh, in the discussion. So. For sure, because some of it can be done at the state level, but some of it is just straight up. Trump is an incompetent president, and he's not going to do what's robust enough in order to save the economy, even though that's his baby. Like, and it's his baby because that's what feeds his ego, and and that's because when he's always talking about at the different conferences and such where he's like oh yeah like the business people are having issues and everything like that and yeah it's ultimately it's like yeah like you were saying not saying you won't get evicted but you still have to pay it later they ain't gonna go do shit because as soon as they can get evicted they are gonna get evicted right? right and nobody wants to leave their home right now like um, and I know some places are like, I'm not going to raise your rent during this time, but ultimately you just need people, you need like that. We need the government to say like, just like Italy's government did when it got really serious is that like mortgage payments are canceled, right? Like right. Yeah, mortgage mortgages do not to be paid and you will gain no interest during this time, right? Like, that's what needs to happen, and only the federal government has the ability to do that. Right. So, so until it's, the- it's going to be difficult here versus, you know, Italy's mm-hmm. government is a little more streamlined in that, you know, it's it's not a single-party rule, but it kind of is, you know. Uh, they, they, they get a lot more done kind of kind of authoritarianly through democracy. It's... Uh, uh, and so, you know, it's going to be a little harder in our um, concept of democracy. Um, but you're right. The, the only body that can can conduct itself in a way that would enforce those rules and make it uh, possible is from the federal government. Um, you could have states do it, but they don't have the budget to, to actually mandate that. And mm-hmm. the, you know, the government yeah. can. Yeah, because the, the states actually have budgets that they didn't need to adhere to. The right. the national or like uh, the federal government can forgive their loans to themselves, right? Exactly. So so th- right exactly. right now they can run up a um what's it called a deficit because you need to like in times like this you do run up a deficit and yeah. because people need to have cash in their pockets and they need to be able to sustain themselves for as long as they need to 
and and like i don't the, the gop at least if i think about them in their more ideological sense doesn't feel equipped to do this but i feel like if they are trying to be the party of the american people quote unquote that that's what they need to do for all american people because all american people are feeling this at different levels but everyone needs a, pl- a roof over their head and people need to be able to eat and people need to be able to do that as long as we can to like you know not be around people yeah and, and right now the people who will like basically right now the privileged especially the economically privileged will be the ones that weather the storm and those uh, that are less fortunate won't so it's yeah, yeah that's where we're at it is well, as my uh, interruption in this, I figure I'll uh, I'll use a, a pastime since, uh, you know, we're all stuck at home and some of us have roommates and relatives and stuff mm-hmm. or uh, we, we manage to, to do stuff online. So uh, let's talk about the good old board game. Oh, uh, yeah, board games. You know, Hell yeah. The, the, the life pastime of, uh, of Americans and, and the world at large. Uh, it, Given the kind of let's call the regular classics before we get into kind of the more of the modern hits, what out of the kind of original uh, uh, realm of games is is your most iconic or memorable game from your childhood or, or growing up? Uh, do you remember as a board game? Um, and it, Nazi doesn't count because that's just dice, bro. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. I mean, if Gotta we want to go like classic, classic board games, I would yeah. say I don't know if Tic Tac Toe doesn't really count, even though the first nah. time I really played Tic Tac Toe was in this like metal thing and that you would get from Target as like one of those Christmas gift things. And I would play oh, right. that with my dad. So that's kind of why like I visualized it as a board game. But okay. um, Checkered's. Is definitely Checkers. one where, All right. yeah, where I played a lot of as a kid, and it, it's it's one where I first learned about you know different strategies and trying to maneuver yourself in a certain way that allowed you to gain the advantage over the opponent while also trying to be defensive. Yeah, so yeah, checkers, and it and it, it moves faster than chess, mm-hmm. so you're able you can play a few games. Um, uh, I I okay, and when I go to the classics, I always like the ones. I, that's a good one. I love chess. That's a that's a great game as well. You know, uh, having the board, setting up the pieces, kind of playing your opponent's style. It's a it's a great thinker game. But if I want to go with this classic kind of, you get the game board out. You got to get the pieces. Everyone picks a character. I got to go with Clue, man. Oh, I love okay. being a game of Clue. The Who Done It. You know, mm-hmm. you know, was it Miss White in the conservatory with the wrench? And also, it's the first game that taught me that there was such a thing as a conservatory. I didn't <laughs> even know that was a room in some people's houses. Also, that Clue Mansion, man. Jesus. Yeah. A library, a den, a conservatory. God damn. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. It was good. It, it, you know, you had to maneuver. You had to get to the right room to be able to ask, to declare. There's there's a little bit of deception uh yeah uh i liked clue uh what what kind of games did you like that had more more pieces than just uh red and black like checkers yeah for sure because i wasn't i wasn't sure just like how how analog should we go because usually when i think of board games there's like the milton bradley and parker brothers ones and then and then there's like the super advanced nerdy ones um right, right. so like in, in sort of the in the milton bradley family i remember playing a lot of sorry and, oh, yeah. and liking uh, that one 
Um, playing, the, I played the game of life like twice, but and they, I think they evolved it too. I think I figure like in the '90s or the early 2000s, they like altered it a little bit from mm-hmm. the one I did like. I did like the spinner on life. I, yeah. I like that. It was a very, it had a very satisfying uh, spin to it. Um, I, I remember the game Trouble back in the day. Oh playing. yeah, Trouble was my jam. Oh shit, pop, had that little pop bubble dice thing mm-hmm. where instead of rolling the dice you had to hit the little like bubble thing mm-hmm. the pop-o-matic that was that was solid uh it, here's one that uh it, it's like you're you know someone you knew always owned it like it never felt like something you ever had but uh uh mousetrap oh i've up? always wanted to play that i've never played it but i always liked the commercials for it like that worked on you're- me yeah, your classic. It's like a Rune Goldberg machine in it within the confines of a of a board game. So that's a it's a classic one. Uh, other classics, of course, Scrabble. Oh, uh, good old good Scrabble. Wordsmiths out there, people who nowadays, you know, words with friend fans know your history. Started with Scrabble. Uh, me and you, trivia fans. Uh, Trivial Pursuit. Oh, good old Trivial Pursuit. Those little pie wedges you had to put in your circle piece of course there's the classic monopoly uh we've all had memories of monopoly but we've also had bad memories because one no one plays cousins. that game correctly like, right and <laughs> yeah yeah no i feel you man let, let me stand you. on my like monopoly soapbox for a second because y'all like if you hate monopoly like you probably haven't played monopoly the way it's supposed to be played like monopoly you're supposed to like land on a spot where you can buy it but if you can't buy it, it automatically gets auctioned off. And, right. and then like the person like and it starts getting it doesn't start getting auctioned off for like the price of the actual thing. You can be like I five dollars and be like ten dollars. Seven, like, you know. And yeah. and I do believe that the person who landed on it can also participate in the auction. But at the yep. end of it, it's supposed to be owned by someone. It's not like the person who gets to land on it is the only person that gets to buy it. Because, yep. like, the wheeling and dealing about you having your um, properties and such and the limited amount of hotels in the game itself is supposed to make the... Because the game's only supposed to be, like, an hour to an hour and a half, right? Right. But some people will go on and have it for, like, four hours. I'm like, yeah, no, because you keep rolling until you land on shit, right? Play Monopoly yep. the real way instead of these nut-ass house rules. You might enjoy it more. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's my Monopoly no, fucking no, soapbox. That being said... <laughs> House rules are dope. Land on go, double your money, and land on free parking. Get that fucking luxury tax. That's happening. We're stacking the luxury tax under free parking. Get oh, that's fine. Money. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. like, just do the thing where you're supposed. And, no, trade trade out that fucking funky looking money for for some real looking dollars, man. Let's spread the cheddar around. I am down, yo. <laughs> I, can buy, I can buy me some park place with some blue cheese. I'm into it. Oh my god, <laughs> I I have wondered what it would be like to play real Monopoly with like like take fifteen hundred dollars and see who wins. Like yeah. I, I'm still not there yet. I ain't balling like that. But if I'm ever balling like that one day, uh, I'd try it. I would try it. That's pretty funny. Man. I, I would That's try it. Uh, and then, of course, you know, in the Nouveau era, there's a lot of games that are out there. Uh, you know, you got the uh, Exploding Kittens. Not really a board game, kind of a card game that mm-hmm. has recent. Uh, you know, uh, Settlers of Catan has definitely. Oh yeah, the German board become, games. Become the standard. 
most people love that game. It, it's fun. I, it, it, you know, it's kind of different. I kind of like those. You got the right number of players. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like those. Those games can definitely be more fun. Um, and then obviously we've kind of moved into the territory with all of us having our phones. That a lot of the the style games that were were on board games are now you know played on our phones. You know, there's trivia games. There's words with friends, and so. You know, we're probably moving away from the board game era, but uh, but you know, it's a good thing to have in your closet for uh, random pandemics that could come at uh, any time. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I do like if we're want to go like kind of ex- like what is it? Uh, not explorey, um, obscure with board games. There's other because like for me, I kind of think of board games and analog games together. Um, okay. And it's like any game that isn't digital, but okay. I do like I like kind of the cooperative ones. Let, let, let's think of um. So Pandemic literally is a board yeah. game, right? Where you yeah. start at the CDC and you need to stop four pandemics from happening. But that also brings me to a new style of board game that I just found out about recently and did one of, and that's legacy type of board games. And that's where like you play with the same group of people. But through each game you play, different things happen, and your actions in the past affect the future. So there's, like, Risk Legacy, wow. Pandemic Legacy, um, a House on Haunted Hill Legacy. So, and then I played some other cool games that have expansions, like Time Stories, which literally you're, like, time travelers going back in time to try to fix things. And if you run out of time the first time, you lose some points, but then you can go back again. So, yeah, like board games, like there is a whole board game convention and board (laughs) games are deep. Like and then there's like the all day we're going to have drinks. We're going to order pizza board games like Arkham Horror. And yeah, there's so many like board games are deep now. Or or shout out. Yeah. Shout out to the classic four hour board game Risk. Yes. Uh, You know, uh, yeah. Who can take over the world with the roll of a dice? Mm -hmm. Uh, Classic. Uh, what other uh, points did you want to make before we uh, leave the people? Uh, I just wanted to, like, you know, talk about people, about how they're doing during this whole thing. Um, still trying to figure out ways to help uh, um, people while they're home. Like, you know, if you don't, like, if you got laid off or furloughed right now, hopefully you're holding up pretty well. Hopefully you have uh, um, enough money to survive right now. Um, if not, like, of course, look into your local... Um, food banks to help get stuff from there um always big shout out to people who are still out there on the front lines like you mikhail like people working at our banks Mm -hmm. working um in our supermarkets and other businesses that different states and locales deem as essential you know stay safe stay healthy um as much as you can you know support your local businesses if you can i know eater i believe has been doing a lot of um local guides to who is still delivering uh what different restaurants have switched up their game to doing deliveries over sit down things and you know do their best to help them because you know those cooks they're in there they're cooking for you um all day every day and you know they they on they grind too um and like i mentioned earlier if you got friends that are working on masks and stuff and you know you have the privilege like you know if you work for like some big multinational company and they're thinking about giving you money you know take that money and give it back like give it to a person who can use that money to like build masks or to like do fun things for people 
and take those things and then send it to somebody who might not be able to, you know? I know people making masks for their friends who work in healthcare and need things for when they go to and from work, and I know friends who are just making things for, like, their whole friend list and everything. So, you know, even though, like, there's not a lot we can do, like, there's a lot of things we need to be done at the tippy top, there is those things we can do within our interpersonal communities and things like that. And if you have the access to technology, uh, you know, stay connected through all of the different ways you can like hang out and Google or Zoom, even though I guess Zoom is a little suspect right now. So maybe not. But <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's like Discord, Blue Jeans, um, even I think Amazon has a version, too, that you can use or something. So. So, yeah, like, you know, and, and make sure, like, you tell people that you love them. Let them know. Yeah, check in, like, check in with your friends for sure because mm -hmm. a lot of people are, are having it rough and uh, they may not show it a lot on the outside. And, and it, it, you may find out that there are a lot of your friends that you really pick up on their um, kind of feelings when you're in their presence. So knowing now that you're not in their presence, reach out to a few. If you haven't heard from them, you haven't seen them on social medias, if you don't have a direct connection, try and reach out and make sure your, your, your fellow man, women, and the, any above is, uh, is feeling the, uh, the love and understand that everyone's important and everyone matters. And, uh, it, it, we can only get through this as a community, not as individuals. So, uh, we gotta, we gotta check in on each other and, uh, and don't let each other slide out just because, you know, shit's getting really hard. We're getting, we're getting stressed from finances. We're getting stressed from our health. We're getting stressed from maybe losing loved ones, mm -hmm. so uh, it's 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 checking us on all points. And uh, you know, sometimes just the right phone call, a, a card in the mail, or, or something uh, can can really change someone's day. So For so sure. do that. Um, as always, here at the podcast, we want to hear from you. If there are topics or things that we could highlight or bring into your world via this here pod that we do, typically on a weekly, biweekly, or sometimes monthly basis, yeah, uh, we don't hit us know up anymore. at our. <laughs> And our team, like COVID affected our, 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 our recording schedule. We're going to go ahead and say that. Uh, we're going to get more guests on here soon. Uh, we might be guests on a few other pods that are obviously also affected by COVID. We'll keep you posted on that. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of us at hylbox at gmail.com. That's hylbox at gmail.com. That's how you live in email box. Uh, shoot us an email. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, also you can get at me directly at C town mayor. That's S E A T O W N M A Y O R helping your municipality by the coast. Chaz, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me at, uh, Chaz underscore bass on the Instagrams and, uh, uh Chaz dash bass on the TikToks. Although I haven't been doing much on social media, but you already know that song and dance. Any whoozy what see. Um, I guess you can also check me out when I stream video games on Chaz Bass Gaming on Facebook. There you go. So, yeah. yeah, you can do that, and I do that sometimes, too. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, we've, uh, we've, we've made it this far, Chaz. I really appreciate you, man. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy out there, and uh, let's do this again in a week or so. Hell, yeah, and you, too. You stay safe, you stay healthy. Thank you for being on the front lines. Everyone out there, don't forget to be awesome, and, you know, we'll get through this. And we out. Peace. I'ma show you how to get it. It go right foot up, left foot slide, left foot up, right foot slide. Basically, I'm saying either way, we about to slide. Killing this one slide.
Don't you wanna dance with me? No, I could dance like Michael Jackson. I could get you the pain.